what's happening, everyone? Welcome in Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And we'll continue our look at the upcoming high school football season here in Frederick County this week. And our guest will be Catoctin uh, High School football coach Mike Rich, uh, a great guy uh, who's been through a lot, to, to say the least, uh, over the last two years, uh, dealing with COVID-19, uh, replacing a legendary coach like Doug Williams. Uh, coach Rich uh, is, is a great guy, very positive, has an uplifting message, and uh, we'll talk to him about his team, uh, which he's uh, very excited about. Uh, nine returning starters on each side of the ball uh, for Catoctin, so uh, so that they have a chance to be a lot better than they've been o- o- over these uh, last two years. So we'll talk to Coach Rich about all of that. Uh, but first, our uh, preseason uh Top five is out in the paper uh, t- today. Uh, Alexander Dacey, my colleague here at the FMP, joins me now. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, f- I'm feeling sort of weird about this top five. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an impossible exercise because we, we don't know anything yet. Right. I, mean, I mean, we don't, we don't, we think we know who's going to be good, but we don't know for sure. And then injuries and all sorts of things could play into it. Um, we have Frederick at number one. Uh, Ligonor at number two and Oakdale at number three. And I think those three teams are at least a step or two ahead of everyone else. Kind of agree with that. Yeah. I mean, again, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've was at Ligonor's practice and I've, you know, I was at Frederick with you once, but, and I haven't seen Oakdale, but just kind of from, you know, just from, from what you've been, you know, you, what you've been reporting and from the things I've seen, I, it, it, it seems like those it's going to be hard to catch those top three for everybody else. Right. Uh, now, that's yeah. not to say there aren't uh, other very good teams. Um, Middletown is right. always good, and, and they have a great player in, in, in Carson Smith. Uh, Walkersville is, be- is be- uh, better and more experienced, uh, and they're better equipped to do what they do, which is sort of pound the football with their offensive line and big stable of running backs. Um, Brunswick has a, has a great quarterback. Uh, Catoctin uh, could be much improved. Um, and, and that's not to say that uh, TJ and Tuscarora and teams like that uh, can't, can't be a lot better. So I, I think the football in general will be better in the county this year. Uh, but I, I, I just wonder, like a team like Middletown, like mm-hmm. if, if the defense stops Carson Smith, like what's their, what's their plan B? Yeah, that's kind of the thing they're still trying to workshop because there were, because they have to replace their entire offensive line. They have an open quarterback competition right now, uh, and you know they're they they really had a you know a big a big group of seniors graduate last year, and obviously you know their their best player is back, and and you know it's one of those things where they're they're sort of you know it's sort of something you just they just got to work out kind of throughout the season, but really it is like you know it it kind of rides on Carson Smith. Now, I, the thing that they were fairly positive about is that because of the threat he poses, they they think it'll you know it'll open up the playbook a little more, and you know, and just just him sort of being there may allow them to to sort of design more you know pass schemes and stuff. And like, and again, I mean, they had big turnover, but they've had big turnover in the past, and it's not had a hugely detrimental effect. So, you know, that's kind of a you know we'll have to wait and see how they. How they start? Um, you know, they their first games against Tuscarora, so that'll be a probably just a you know just a game to sort of get them comfortable. But then, you know, we'll see, we'll kind of see how it goes from there. Yeah, our, our, our top five: Frederick, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they have big questions along the offensive and defensive lines. They, they were great yeah. there last year. 
historically they have not been great there and now we have a new cast of kids coming in um will they be good we don't know if they're good frederick with all their great skill guys back they should be really good and have a chance to be our best team if they struggle there they're not going to be our best team because leganor is going to be really good against the on the offensive line oakdale is got maybe their best lines ever on the offense and defensive side so for frederick it really they could be the best team, but if man, if if those lines don't hold up, yeah. they're, they're they're not going to be the best team. Ligonor, a new quarterback, uh, uh, new players along their lines. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're going to be good because because uh, Ethan Arneson is back and and he was awesome last year. Um, but could they have an Achilles heel or two? Uh, Oakdale, uh, the injury bug got them last right. year. Uh, a couple of their D1 uh, lineman prospects uh, missed, missed time last year. Now they're back. Um, and, and they probably have the best player in the county in uh, Dom Nichols, their defensive end tight end, who has a whole list of high major um, offers uh, to, to play in college. Um, but they have a new quarterback too. So, so what will they look like? Middletown, we just talked about. Like, what's their what's their plan B? Walkersville um, has has they're trying to break in a new quarterback and and and, and Brad Dawson. Like, how good will be, they be? And can their passing game be good enough to keep defenses off balance? So, all these teams have questions, uh, and I guess I'm here to say we don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's always that's always the challenge, and I even. Uh, you know, the last couple of years when I was when I was you know working at you know kind of covering some Maryland football, I even started floating kind of the idea in my head of like, do we just should we just like not even do preseason rankings? But everyone like, loves them. Now. Everyone loves them, and it's great. It's great discussion fodder. But it's like they're pointless at least the first few weeks of the year. So it's almost like do you just do you just not even do them until you hit a certain you know time point in the season where you're like, all right, I've got enough of a sample size where right. I can feel confident in saying that this team is 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 this good or is you know or is maybe less so but it's it's a it's a lose-lose it's a lose-lose exercise in that you will you will all it feels like you will always be wrong but on the flip side it can also be win-win because you because you get you have people talking yeah so yeah i mean yeah sports fans don't like anything more than power rankings. I mean, I, I click yeah. on power rankings, uh, NBA power rankings, NFL right. power. I mean, there's nothing better than power rankings because because it's such a good yeah. discussion point. But but um, we even talked about we even mentioned it in the in our write up for the preseason yeah. five. Like these are all educated guesses. Like we don't know anything, and I'm sure some people will love to tell us they told us so uh, at the end of the season when maybe our predictions don't pan out. But, right. Um, Speaking of the Terps, how good are they going to be this year? Uh, this is probably the on paper the most talented Maryland football team in at least a decade, probably even going back into the 2000s. Is that due to Mike Loxley? Um, or, um... It, it, I mean, part of it is, again, he's a fantastic recruiter, but a lot of it is just they have skill. They have specifically on offense, they just have skill guys and wide receivers in particular that they just haven't had before and a quarterback that – you know knows what he's doing this is his third year starting um will be his, uh, presumably be his final year um uh you know but they they have stability at quarterback they have a quarterback who looked you know they, except for except to, for, to his brother right? yes yeah, yeah. talia tungavailo he's you know to his younger brother um who looked i mean he had he had a couple 
you know, you know, little slip ups last year, like that Iowa game in particular was kind of a everything that, you know, could go wrong, did go wrong kind of game. But I mean, he's going to be more poised. He's experienced. He's got a, got a good arm and he's got, he's got a much better read of um, how to run things. And then he's got arguably one of the like two or three deepest wide receiver rooms in the big 10, if not one of the maybe like probably top 10 receiver rooms in the country. If the, the big caveat is if they stay healthy, if they don't stay healthy, you know, they have de- They have a lot of depth there, but that's always been their, their thing is, is it's, it's like their top end guys are good, but they don't, they in the past haven't had depth. They had depth last year, which saved them when a couple of their when their top guy went down with the Dante Demas went down with the uh, torn ACL and, you know, when a couple other people got hurt. And so this year, the, the main hope is that a, no one gets hurt, but assuming someone's probably going to get hurt at some point, do you have the depth to fill that back in? And the answer is yes. Um, though it also, you know, depends on how deep they go down but I mean I think their their ceiling is definitely much higher again it is capped in a sense because of just because of the division they play in that the Big Ten East is so so difficult um that realistically you know they're not going to be beating Ohio State I mean if they beat Ohio State it'd be an amazing shock but probably not uh, but yeah probably not beating Ohio State you know but Pro- that, probably not Michigan either. probably not probably not Michigan Penn State, Michigan State, they could. I mean, they hung. I mean, yeah, Penn State starting Clifford again. They're yeah, not, I mean, Penn State's kind top, of. I, they're not my, starting Drew Allard, the top prospect. My hot take is that Penn State is not going to be as good this year as people think they are, and I think of the of the like big four, quote unquote, in that division. I think Penn State's the one that Maryland has the best chance to beat. Um, the other being Michigan, the other of those being Michigan State, um, who they did play fairly close last year. Um, Though though they, they they never they never led in that game, but that was a game where they were like within striking distance for a decent chunk of it. But yeah, I don't know. They'll probably I say realistically is probably six and six or seven and five again. Another like um, pinstripe bowl or military bowl type. Yeah, thing. maybe a little bit higher profile because they've actually got some you know some bigger talent. And I mean like I mean Demas is gonna, Demas is gonna Dante Demas is gonna. This is his last year, so he is going to go probably fairly. He's projected to go fairly high, like second round in the draft uh, in the early box. Um, they have an offensive lineman, Jalen Duncan, who's I've seen in first the first round, first in some mocks. So they have like higher end talent guys who that would maybe sway them to like get them out of the pinstripe bowl. Which hey, I, I covered the pinstripe bowl last year. It was a, it was a it was fun to see it at Yankee Stadium, but uh, New York. New York in December is very cold. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, can we break the pattern this year? The pattern being uh, we we start hot and then fizzle over the course of the season. Uh, the answer is maybe a little bit, but like I, the I thi- mean, because we beat Howard seventy to nothing. We yeah. have a nice win over a ranked Syracuse team, and then everyone's hopes get up, saying, "Hey, this Mike Loxley can yeah. coach. Is is this can can the Terps do something this year?" And then. Things go downhill from they, there. They they are gonna so their first two games are against Buffalo and Charlotte, who they should they should beat both those teams. And then you've got a really interesting four game stretch, uh, which they host SMU, and then travel uh, travel to Michigan to and then opens Big Ten play. So travels to Michigan, hosts Michigan State, and then plays Purdue, which to me is a, is like 
that's kind of that stretch where you're going to see like, are they, you know, are they hanging with, you know, with maybe like a Michigan, are they hanging with them longer? Or like, are they picking off a Michigan state, a Purdue? They're probably, they, they might be slightly favored against SMU, but SMU's no slouch. They've been pretty good for the last decade or so. Um, but you know, I like, 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 SMU is a team they should beat, but it's a team. It's a team. It, it's it's one of those teams in the past that has tripped them up, or like that, like like Temple, like, like a like, Temple, like, like they had that hot start and then they go to Temple and lose the Temple, right? And like and and not taking anything away from Temple because I mean Temple Temple's you know been pretty good the last again the last decade or so. Same with SMU, but they're kind of in that same right. tier of like this is a team Maryland should be beating if they're going to be as good as people say they are, but it's a team that's good enough to trip them up. Um, and then you've got, of course, you know, Michigan on the road. That's going to be hard, but uh, you know, as long as it's not a total dud, um, and then really that Michigan State home game is going to be the all right. You're likely at least three and one going into that game. It's your first Big Ten home game. You're going to be playing a probably a pretty highly ranked team. What can you do? And that's kind of good. I think that I think that's going to be the the I guess the linchpin game, if you will, like. Like, like, is it just, oh, this is another Maryland season where we have high-end talent but end up just having a sputteringly mediocre finish? Or, oh, or can they actually compete with teams like this? Right. So, I'm a, I'm a football guy. You're a baseball guy. Yeah. I, 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 I love this time of year, and I love that we're, like, a week away from all this stuff getting started. <laughs> and, I, and I know even though you are a baseball guy, you're, yeah. you're very excited about all this, too. Yeah, and, I mean, for me, it's more, you know, like, high, schools, high school football, I always – I mean, I always loved, you know, when I, when I was in high school going to the games and just kind of keeping tabs on how everything was going. And then I've always been a massive college football fan. I've, I've, fallen, off the, I've fallen off the NFL for various reasons over the last – handful of well, years you're a commanders fan so. uh not anymore no you're not not okay. anymore no that's are, are you a free are you uh, a free agent i am a, do, do I you am have a, a team i am a fantasy football enjoyer let's put okay. it that way i'm okay. uh i am uh i don't have a team and i don't plan on picking up another team uh but i enjoy playing fantasy football and so dan snyder was just too much for you dan or? snyder was too much for me and all the just garbage that that yeah. that organization just it yeah, I I can I could rant for too long. About I'm that. I'm, a, I'm a Browns fan, so, so <laughs> oh I can, yeah, I, you I, know I, that I, very I, well. I, I could commiserate, and I and for some reason I still like football despite being a Browns <laughs> fan for most of my life. But um, but but yeah, I we we, we understand why uh, why you're going the fan, the, the fantasy route. Yeah. Um, so, all right, sir. Thank you. And when we come back, we'll talk to uh, Catoctin uh, football coach Mike Rich. Very much looking forward to that. Stay with us here on the final score. We are back here on the final score, and uh, time now to welcome in the head coach of the Catoctin Cougars, uh, Mike Rich. Uh, first time on the podcast, uh, even, even though he's been on the, on the scene for for a long time and with Catoctin for a couple of, a couple of years now. Welcome, welcome, coach. Glad to have you on. First timer. Appreciate you having me out. It's good to be here. Uh, good, good to, to get to plug a little bit of Catoctin football and and chat a little bit of Frederick County. Yeah, for, for first time, long time, right? Yeah, so. first time, long time. That's <laughs> right. right. Um, I want to talk about your crazy. Is it three years now on the this? Job? Will be my third season. Yeah, this will be my third season. I want to talk about your crazy three seasons on the job. It's been a here. ride, <laughs> right? I, I, I bet, and we're gonna get into that. But yeah. but but first, how's practice going so far? Uh, who's who's opening your eyes? Practice is going really well. I mean, we we just have a group of senior leaders who are awesome. 
this is the, the third year I've gotten to work with this group. So they were just finishing their freshman year or end of their freshman year when I first came in. And uh, so they, they've gotten used to me. I've gotten used to them. And, you know, last year we had six seniors who gave us everything they had. Uh, this year we have 17 seniors. Um, and so just, just looking to take a step up. So as far as just opening our eyes, or, or just our work ethic. Uh, not anybody individually, you know, we give out helmet award stickers for practice player of the week, for, for scrimmage player of the game, stuff like that. Uh, we gave one to the whole team last week because they, they've just been, you know, coming to work every day just with that Catoctin mentality, just putting on your hard hat, lacing up your boots and going to work. Yeah, not nine starters on um, both sides of the ball that's are right. back. Uh, that's right. that, that's got to be pretty nice for a coach. It, it is nice. You feel We feel like we're a couple weeks ahead on install. Uh, we know – uh, we know where we're at. We know who we are. We have an identity, uh, and so just returning those guys, it, it man, it feels like uh, you know, it feels like a college program or something like that. Getting all those guys coming back. You come from pretty good stock. I mean, you you were a, a longtime assistant over at uh, Ligonier High yeah. School. So, yeah. So, so so you learned from Rick Connor Absolutely. and the best of the best. What 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 was it like? coaching over at Ligonar with those guys man it was it was attention to detail it, it was every little thing that you need to do to be successful uh, uh we did really well over there uh and we're tra- starting to translate that over to the Catoctin High School program you know Rick uh not number one everybody knows him as one of the, the forefront defensive minds around I mean defensively his defenses are always stout but one of the biggest things that he does is he motivates guys really well in the weight room um, he gets guys out consistently, uh, get, you know, getting the numbers and things like that in the weight room and working out, working hard. And just his attention to detail is is second to none. I mean, he is the best I've ever seen in attention to detail and things that he does in preparation. You know, I, I remember him saying one time that we have a staff when I was at Linganore, we have a staff that respects winning, that knows what it takes to win and knows that you got to put in that time to do that. The attention to detail that he has is something that we've carried over to our staff here at Katak. And, uh, you know, got a couple couple old Linganore boys on the staff over there. So uh, we are excited to, to keep it going and keep building. Uh, really what I learned from Rick, I tell Rick all the time, almost everything I learned about being a head coach, I learned from him. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to the way we do things at Catoctin, to the way we did things at Linganore, because there's a winning formula. Uh, and, 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 you know, we got we to gotta start to implement that winning formula and, and translate it to the field. How many years were you at uh, Linganore? I was at Linganore for... Let's see, nine seasons. Nine, nine seasons. seasons I was at Linganore. Yep. And, and, and how many trips to the state state championship? In see, those we went in 2013. Seasons. We lost to Franklin. Um, and then we uh, beat Milford. So then we lost to Franklin again. And then we played that tough Damascus team. So four, four times the state finals. Right. Well, what was it like in 17 to, to win that dramatic game <laughs> on uh, D- uh, Davon Butler's uh, yeah. f- running the final seconds. Yeah, that that was amazing. That was truly an amazing, you know, come from behind, uh, uh, gut it out, uh, never give up, never say die uh, uh, game. And, and, you know, what's funny is is the next day or the next two days, uh, Catoctin High School is playing in the state finals. And, I, you know, not knowing what the next couple months were going to hold for me, you know, just getting able to sit, being able to sit down and watch, you know, Coach Williams and Coach Dumars and the guys that had been there for so long, then play in the state championship really propelled me um, uh, to to help win it. Or I'm sorry, that was a couple years later, but really being able to see them win it all was was awesome. Um, so, but 2017 was a fun ride for us. Um, Josh Taylor is on our staff now at Catoctin, so he does good stuff. He played defensive line for us then. 
And you guys sort of deserved it because 2013, I know, was super heartbreaking losing on that final second field goal to Franklin. Frank Franklin was that that game was tough. That that uh, that was back and forth, and you know they they walked off on us, and and that was a tough one. So uh, you know you never you never want to say you deserve a state final. Um, yeah, but karma but, comes back around, right? Yeah, we we want we want to you know get, put everything into it. We have, and again, you know, like Rick taught me, we have a formula for success, uh, and we think that. Uh, if we implement that at Catoctin High School when we do the right things, that eventually, can't say it's going to be every year, but eventually you're going to get done what you want to get done and get where you want to go. Uh, where did you grow up, Coach Rich? I grew up in Mount Airy. I played for Rick. I, I, I graduated from Linganore High School in 2008. Um, and actually with Coach Marquez, who's our defensive coordinator now, we grew up in Mount Airy together, played ball together uh, at Linganore. So grew up there um, and then got my degree from Towson University. Okay. What did you, you play for Ligonore? What position? I played offensive line, offensive okay. and defensive line. Okay, yeah. so you so you were down in the trenches. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. That's where the game needs to be played. What What was it like to play for Rick? Uh, ju- just the same. I mean, he he was the same. He was the same guy, um, day in and day out. Uh, you knew that he cared about you, and you knew that he was gonna give you everything he had and put you in the best position to win. And you know, it, it's. It, the, the when I first got hired at Catoctin and I went to a Catoctin basketball game, I was like, man, this reminds me of how Linganore was when I was growing up. Just a small town feel, hardworking, um, uh, hardworking people, and and who who really really care about their kids and who care about their athletes. I went to a a basketball regional final basketball game for Catoctin against Brunswick uh, when Catoctin uh, won the region and got to cut the nets down, um, and and that was awesome. And it felt like home the second I walked in. Um, and so, you know, that felt like I, I was growing up again. And that's, that's what got me excited to come. Have you ever met a guy with more energy than Rick Connor? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. He, he, lo- you know, he loves, and he'll tell you this. He's probably told you this a million times. He loves practice more than he loves the game. He loves showing up to practice every day. And that's one of the things that I've learned from him. I love, pra- I love being pra- at practice. I love being around our guys. I love getting better every day. Uh, the games are what they are. You know, you, you line up, you play, you play 48 minutes of hard football, and the scoreboard tells you where you're at. But practice is where you grow together as a team. And so he has as much energy as anybody. And just Do you, just have, as, do you have as much energy as Coach uh, It's hard to match. It's hard to match. Uh, we try to. We try, we try to get guys excited, have, have some fun, and, and run around and, and nonstop. It is a fast two, two and a half hours of practice. I'll tell you that much. But it's hard to match his energy, for sure. When you, when, when you were playing football at Ligonor, did you know coaching was in your future? Yeah, so I grew up, I grew up in a coach's family. Uh, my dad was a uh, coach my whole life. Uh, he was the commissioner of Little League football. Uh, and then he was the JV head coach at Ligonor for about 14, 15 years under Rick. Um, and so I knew, you know, e- everything I learned about uh, being a, a good man, um, I learned from my dad. Um, you know, I learned all the coaching stuff from Rick, but just seeing my dad coaching and, and just caring about kids day in and day out, you know, going to, going to the store, going to Food Lion and, and running into old players and guys coming up and giving him a hug and telling him, man, coach, we miss you. We, we, we love you. We, we love playing for you. Uh, man, it, it, gets, it gives you chills because that's what you do it for. That's what you do. And uh, so I, I knew I was going to coach, you know, when most kids were drawing – crayons I was drawing X's and O's as a little kid and just immersing myself in the game and I just fell in love with the game at such a young age because it, it gave me um, it gave me a sense of pride in who I was um, and that's what I want for these kids I want these kids to learn who they are first and foremost and then bring that to the field
So when you walked across the stage and graduated from Lincoln, you said, I'm going to be back here one day in, in, some, way, in some way, shape, or form. In some way, shape, or form. I, I, I always thought I was going to coach. I didn't know uh, where. I ended up uh, going to Grove City College. I played a little bit of football up there. Ended up transferring back to Towson University, and that's really where you know I got my coaching start under uh, John Donatelli. He was the O-line coach up there. You know, My playing days were done, so I called him up and I said, hey, do you just have room for a guy who just wants to set up drills and watch and learn? He said, absolutely. So I came and I would host recruits. I would set up drills. I would film footwork. Uh, I would sit in on every meeting and, and learn under Coach Donatelli and Coach Ambrose in those first you know, early formational years that Coach Ambrose was there um, was, was an awesome experience. So learning how to t- help turn a program uh, into success from a struggling program at Towson where we were at the time. Uh, was awesome. so that's really where I got my first start in coaching before I came back and coached at Linganor. Right. So you went to Towson saying, yes, teach me, show me how to be a coach. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm going yeah. to be a coach. Yeah. yeah. And I, I knew I wanted to coach at the high school level. I knew that I could make the most impact at that level. So, so I would go to, uh, I would go to uh, practice all week. And then when they would have an away game, uh, I wouldn't travel with the team because mo- my, my, most of my duties on game day were hosting recruits. So I wouldn't travel with the team. Uh, shoot, I think they went to LSU that year. That would have been pretty cool to go, but I didn't go. I was back at home watching Linganore play because I knew I wanted to be in the high school level. Um, I knew I wanted to coach there. Uh, I just felt like I could make a big difference there. So I finished my degree in special education at Towson, graduated in 2013, and started. Uh, so I actually started coaching at Linganore before I graduated with my degree. So I mean, how fortuitous that Rick had a spot for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, when you were looking for for a job. Yeah, he's always you know he he he's pretty open to guys. You know, he's he might be a little more selective now with as many guys as they got coming out coaching with them but you know then he was like hey you you come I got a spot for you my dad was still on the staff there my dad was still uh there uh so I coached on the JV staff there for a year um in I guess that was 2011 and then 2012 I went up to varsity that next year and then 2013 we played frankly in the state finals next year well were you on the 2018 that played Sherwood I was not. I graduated. I graduated. I, my graduation year was 2008. Okay. My senior season was 2007. Okay. So I, I know those guys. Robbie L. Shaffey's our defensive line coach up at uh, Catoctin now, and uh, he was on that team then. All right. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Rob Havenstein, sure. uh, who, who you coached, yeah. and, and now you watch him on Sunday. Yeah, actually, I didn't. The, I didn't coach Rob. I played with Rob. Rob. You, you Rob did. Okay. Yeah. So I was. Rob was a sophomore when I was a senior. So he was six eight standing next to me. I was five eight at guard standing next to him. So, um, but yeah, I played with Rob, and uh, we everybody knew Rob was going to be a success. He he had that workman like he had a professional mentality when he was fifteen years old. Um, just coming in day in day out, nothing got him too frazzled. Nothing got him too high too low, uh, which was which was awesome to see. I mean he. He, he would run over guys or, or get beat, and he was the same guy every day, every rep. And he t- talks about consistency. I remember, you know, Rick would ask him, you know, what, what helped you get to that next level? And, you know, he talks about consistency. He said, if I didn't play it, show up as a freshman and, and play against J.J. Watt and those guys on the defensive line at Wisconsin and I wasn't consistent every day, uh, then I was going to struggle. So and that's who he, he was that from the beginning. He was that since he was a kid. He was consistent. He was he was destined to be where he's where he's at now. It's sort of surreal though to watch him on TV every Sunday yeah. and and see him winning the Super Bowl, right? Oh, it's a proud moment. It's a proud moment, especially for all of Frederick County. You know, it's it's exciting to see somebody from Frederick County. And what I hope it does is I, I hope it allows our young kids to dream, to have a dream one day. Yeah, not all of them can be six eight, 
but to have a dream and to chase that dream with everything that you have and go after it and be consistent um, and embrace the grind every day. So I, I hope, and I know Rob, but I'm sure say the same thing. Um, I hope that it, it gives guys an opportunity to dream and say, hey, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can go to that next level. Maybe I can, can achieve my dreams. All right, Coach Rich, here we go. Like, yeah. um, you're, you work for nine years at Lignor. You, yeah. you played your you're alma mater. You played there. You, you're, you went to Towson, Grove City. You, you're, you're ready to be a high school football coach. Yeah. Um, an opportunity uh, arises at, at yeah. Catoctin. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're taking over for, for Doug Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the Doug Williams. Right, the Doug Williams. right. Yeah. Who, who did the job for uh, almost 40 years. Yes, absolutely. That that's not easy. not easy, and and this is what 2019 you got the job. 2019, yep. Okay. Yep, yep. So not only are you taking 2020 a, was when I, I officially accected the job. Oh, so. 2020. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks before COVID shut down. I was gonna that that's what I was getting yep. into. So not only are you taking over for the legend of all legends in <laughs> in Thurmont, uh, all of a sudden we have a global pandemic. Sure. <laughs> and we don't even know if there's going to be a season. There isn't a fall season. Then yeah. all of a sudden we're playing in the spring. You're, you're making your coaching, your head coaching debut, and, and the weather is uh, getting <laughs> getting warmer, not not, not colder. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cold to start, though. It was pretty cold to start. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it felt like it felt like November, yeah. December, yeah. Uh, state championship football weather. Mm-hmm. But so you're succeeding a legend. You're dealing with a, a – uh, a global pandemic just how did you not just rip all your hair out on 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 the spot and your in your bushy beard too. yeah my, my beard yeah it, it, you know i have a lot more grays in it now than i did before but uh just focusing on blooming where i'm planted and and my, my goal the reason i wanted to coach high school football is so i can make connections and make lifelong change for kids um if there was a if there was ever a better opportunity than for covid i don't, I don't know when because covid everybody was isolated you had to be very, very, um, you know, you had, you had to reach out to kids. You had to call them. You had to text them. You had to make sure that you were talking to them. So that that, that got me excited, uh, although it was a crazy time. I wanted to make an impact on kids, and, and it's beyond the game of football at that point. Um, we weren't playing football. There was no prospect of playing football. You know, we had kids who started for Catoctin in the 2019 state championship game at 250 pounds at left guard. Now all of a sudden I see him after post COVID and he's 180 pounds. I'm like, what the heck happened? He goes, coach, I never thought I was gonna play football again. Um, and so just to, to plug in with those kids and make, make an impact on them to, to the best of my ability at that time, was it difficult? Yeah. But was it necessary? Absolutely. Um, and so just focusing on blooming where I was planted, you know, we say be where your feet are uh, and just be in that moment, knowing the situation, not being able to change it and diving into that was huge for me. Number one, N- number two, com- coming in after a guy like Doug Williams, who who a lot, a lot of people know, Doug, you know, think of Doug Williams, they think of him. You know, running off in the sunset after a state championship in 2019 after yeah, 29 years. I, I wanted to get to there because you were taking over a state championship right. level program. And you're like, this is great. I'm taking over a team <laughs> that just won states. Yeah. Uh, Carson Sakari, the, right. the, the the star player on that team, is back. Like, yeah. like this is going to be great. Yep. And and then all of a sudden the world turns upside <laughs> down on you. So so coming in after Doug, uh, uh, Doug, Doug and I have very like mindsets that it's a more it's more about life change than it is about winning championships. And, 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 you know, talking to Doug numerous times since I've gotten the job, and that's what he, he harps on. He says he, he doesn't miss Friday nights. He, he, what he misses is is being in, in the field house with the guys, in the, in the coach's office, in the locker room. He misses practice. He misses practice. He misses being with the guys. 
Um, so that's something that we try we try and carry over, and we never try and you know take for granted. But he had a legacy of impact, and that's what we're trying to carry on. And it wasn't just him, and he'll tell you that too. It wasn't just him. It was it was Coach Dumars. It was uh, Coach Royer. It was uh, uh, Coach Eckenrode. It, it was all these guys who had been with him for a very very long time. Who he built this staff, who implicitly trusted each other and was always there for each other. I had each other's backs. Um, and that's what he misses, and, and that's what we try and carry over here at Catoctin Football now. W- you know, w- we had shirts made that say family on it, and that's what we try to be. We try and, we, w- you know, no matter what kids' family life is like at home or what's going on at home, we try and be there for each other and try and have each other's back no matter what. And uh, we just try to carry on the legacy that was left by the guys before us. Yeah, because, of course, you have to come into the job saying, I can't – I'm Mike Rich. I, ca- I can't be yeah. Doug Williams. You can't. You can't. You can't be – try to be someone else. If you're inauthentic, number one, kids will see right through that. Um, and so I couldn't be Rick Connor. I couldn't be Doug Williams. I can only be Mike Rich. Um, and that's that's what we strive to do. Um, and that's what I, I try and be every single day is just the most authentic version of myself. I mean – you're such a nice guy. You're so proactive, and your mindset is always so positive. Do you, do you, have, do you, have a, do you ever have a bad day, or are you, are you, are you ever <laughs> in a bad wife. mood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, there are days. There are days where I'm like, is anything going to go right for us? Were you thinking that in your first two you're and a half years on the job? You're yeah. crazy if you didn't. A- any leader out there, it doesn't matter what they lead or what level they lead at. They're gonna If they're in their darkest moments or when the doors are closed – they're going to tell you do you do we have doubts absolutely every leader has a doubt can i do this am i good enough am i am do i have enough experience i was 30 years old when i was hired have i done this for long enough but at the end of the day when you look in those guys eyes and they trust you that's all that matters and you go forward and you do it for the people around you you don't do it for yourself so if they believe in you then you believe in you and that's the way it goes it, you know we we you know each of us needs all of us is what we say at Catoctin and if Nathan Kovalchik trusts me then I'm that that's who I'm going to be if JD McCallion trusts me then that's the man I'm going to be I'm going to live up to who they believe that I am yeah you, you seem very good at breaking down the challenge too you know yeah. you can't do it all at once right. you, you got to do it in pieces yeah and you got to you got to it's cliche, but you got to sure. do it one little piece at a time. The, the mantra started back when I was at Linganore. We started saying pound the rock. Um, and, and that for obvious reasons, man, we want to run the football. We, we, you know, we, but it became more than that. It became a life's motto, and it became swing that hammer no matter what's going on in front of you. That, that you may swing the hammer at the rock up to 100 times, and it doesn't even show a crack. But on the 101st swing, it breaks in half. And you realize that when it breaks in half on the 101st swing, it wasn't that 101st swing. It was the 100 ones before that. And so you have to keep swinging no matter the circumstances. No matter what's going on, you have to keep your eyes on your vision and not your circumstances. And when it gets really hard, because there were hard days, and there still are hard days, we, we did not live up to the standard we wanted to last year. Uh, there are difficult days where kids are having a hard day. You're having a hard day as a coach. There's difficult days if you're a dad, if you're a mechanic, if you're a farmer. you got to have difficult days. What is your vision? Keep that in the forefront of your mind and chase that when everything else is going haywire. Right. Through all the adversity, what would you learn about yourself? What would you learn about your, your kids? For, for me, I learned that I'm tougher than I thought I was, right? I learned that I can overcome – Anything that's thrown at me, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to, fa- to face on and, and to take that challenge. And our kids are the same way. Our kids are resilient. You think about what our, what our kids went through. 
I just saw our, our, our starting left guard from the spring COVID season up at Sheets getting gas the other day. And and, and we, were, we were talking, and, and he's doing great. He, he's having success. He's at FCC doing some business classes, and he's going to be successful. Uh, Derek Zepp, who started, started at left guard. And, 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 you know, we talked about how everything went crazy that year. But because of who he is and the resiliency that he has and the things that he instilled in, were instilled in him, yeah, by mainly by Coach Williams and Coach Jumars. I didn't get much time with him and, and that staff that he could bounce back from anything, that nothing could take him down. Um, and I hope, I hope, if there's any of those guys out there listening, I, I hope they know that they went through so much in that year uh, and that they can overcome anything that is put in front of them. Um, because I saw, you know, I saw the pain in their eyes when the season was taken from them, and I saw them show up for seven on sevens that were organized uh, at the last second. I saw them show up for a spring season where the ground was frozen at practice, and we had to go practice on turf fields. I, I saw them overcome it all, and that they can be resilient and they can overcome whatever's put in their way. Yeah, you've already made it clear that wins and losses aren't the be all and end Absolutely. all uh, uh, of this, right? Yeah. Uh, but but still, you come from a great. Winning tradition at Ligonor where, yeah. where you're winning 10, 11 games a season, playing for state championships quite often. And so far at Catoctin, yeah, yeah, there haven't been a lot. There haven't right. been a lot of wins. Uh, one win last year. I think you, you had one or two in the, the and one in the COVID season. Yep. Uh, we should point out that Carson Sakari, the star running back uh, that came back, who you were set the coach, got hurt mm-hmm. uh, during the spring uh, COVID Ryan season. Ryan Orr was uh, out for the season. As R- Ryan Orr, the quarterback of the yeah. state championship team. So so you were supposed to coach these kids and, and would have had a really nice season had, had they played, sure. but but they didn't play. Just yet another – uh, obstacle uh, in, in your way, another another uh, ro- roadblock yeah. uh, on, on the course here. Uh, but but still, uh, t- two wins so far for you, Catoctin. Has that been hard to get used to? Uh, not hard to get used to. It, I, there was not a day that I did not enjoy practice last year. And I think that showed because we played our best football at the end as a team. We, you know, we, we're, we're sitting at 0-8. And yeah, we had some close calls. We, you know, we 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 almost beat TJ. We were in the game against South Hagerstown. Um, you know, we we was fourteen seven against a tough Boonesboro team last year. Open up the season. We we were close. And I tell our guys that you know close isn't going to cut it this year. Um, but what I was the most proud of is that we played our best football towards the end. And to to play against Brunswick the way we did in the end of the season. Uh, against a good Brunswick team, they were they were a good Brunswick team, um, and and to beat them that last year, and then you know we turned around, we lost to them in the playoffs, but it was a very close game. You know, it was a one score game with a minute to go in the fourth quarter, um, and we were you know we were driving late, and, and they got a stop on us. It, it was, I was proud of that. I was proud of that, and I, and I sit back, and in the moment is not the time to reflect. So were there difficult times? Absolutely. But looking back after the season to see our growth was huge. Um, that being said, the, the spring the spring COVID season, I finished the season with fourteen varsity players that year. Um, we had it, it, injuries and and the injuries, and, and the virus too, we, right? You know, we didn't our guys didn't our guys couldn't lift weights during during COVID. You know, it was hard for them to lift weights. You know, you know they they some of them were working, some of them were working full time jobs during COVID. So they didn't get a chance to lift weights. We get two weeks of practice, and oh by the way, we get shut down day one uh, for for COVID on day one. So we missed uh, what was it a week of practice going into a Middletown scrimmage uh, against a defending two A state champion, and then um, we go from there. 
and, but our guys were resilient. And, and what, what I love about it, it was the building to where we are now. So we, we ended up, we had 14 varsity players against, against Oakdale. So we bring up the entire JV to play that game. JV guys like Luke Madunio, who's now a three three year starter for us, who's going to start at nose guard and, and offensive line for us. Guys like JD McCallion, who started that year. Guys like Nathan Kovalchik, who's going to be a starting linebacker and and fullback for us this year. Guys like Connor Crum, uh, who started at quarterback as a sophomore. So, bringing those guys up during that COVID season uh, allowed us to set the building blocks for hopefully what we're going to do this year. Um, those guys were so, were sophomores at the time, or uh, yeah, sophomores at the time. So we're really excited to to see let's see what they do this year. How sweet was it walking off the field with with your kids after that Brunswick win uh, uh, last fall? It it was nice. It was very nice. It was short lived uh, because we we then we found out when we got to the coach's office that hey we're turning around we're going right back there next week. Uh, but it, it, it's a good feeling. And anybody who's ever coached knows how difficult it is. Uh, knows how hard it is. And knows how much time and effort and energy everybody puts into it. The players, the coaches, the, the team moms, the parents shuttling back and forth. So to be able to put one together in the last game of the year against, you know, a good Brunswick team again, a well-coached, you know, Jerry Smith does a good job over there, uh, meant a lot to us. It did. It really meant a lot to us. And so it, it felt good. Uh, but, you know, quickly our sights turned to the next obstacle. Right. How good are you guys going to be this year? Uh, you, you, you return a lot of kids, but but – you, you you struggled last year sure. with the same kids. So we we have leadership. We have leadership this year that's going to take us far. And I, you know I say this over and over: seniors win games late, uh, especially down down the line in the playoffs. And if we if seniors win games for us, we we have a good group of seniors. Not only that, but we figured out what our identity is towards the end of last year. We figured out who we were as Catoctin High School, um, and some of that is 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 me getting to know the Catoctin kids and the Catoctin community and what they can do and what we can do. And so really we, we figured out who we were. Uh, we started building, we started growing. Um, and so we're, we're hoping that carries over into this year. Obviously you can never predict wins and losses. It's, it's a crazy game. It's, you know, you never know what's going to happen on a Friday night. Uh, but, but we're looking to take a step up. We're looking to take the standard to the next level. And the, the schedule flips this year. You, yeah. had, you had three home games to start yeah. last year. Now you're going to have three road games yeah. to start the season. That, that's a challenge, right? And, and we're we're going to Boonesboro week one, which is always a tough place to play. I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium. I it's have, a, yeah. It's a tough place to play. It's tight. There's no track around, so it's it's tight. We fully expect it to be a, a loud and, and fun game for our guys. And then we turn around on a Thursday night at 6 o'clock, and we're in Frostburg against Mountain Ridge. Who, who, you know, played a tough Fort Hill team to a close game in the state finals last year. So uh, we can't start slow. Our guys, you know, we, we got to come out ready to go. We got to come out ready to ready to, to play our game, play our style of football. Um, and then we go to TJ at TJ week three, and then uh, we, we get a little, rep- we get a little uh, you know, home, home stretch there for three straight games. So it doesn't get easier for us. Uh, so we got to come out ready to go and, and take it as it comes. And Connor Crum going to be your quarterback? or Con- Connor Crum is getting some quarterback reps for us. We also have a uh, junior named Hayden Matthews who was up on varsity with us last year as a sophomore uh, who's been playing really well. Um, which allows us a little bit of versatility as well. So uh, Connor, you know, Connor's going to play a lot of quarterback for us. He's uh, he's going to move around a little bit for us as well. And Hayden's going to take some snaps too. What what constitutes a successful season in your mind? Uh, just uh, you know, you you can't judge success based on wins and losses. Although as much as you want to, you you really want to, but you can't. 
because you're dealing with 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Um, that's what you got. So, you know, I think the old saying is, ask me in 40 years if we were successful. Let's figure out what kind of men these kids become. Um, you know, I tell my coaches until they're sick of hearing it that we live by four by 40. We have four years to affect the next 40 years of these kids' lives to make some difference in their lives, something. When things go crazy for them, when they're 35 years old and they can't make ends meet or, or they get, get laid off from their job, they're going to remember back to something Coach Rich or Coach Marquez or Coach El Shaft or Coach Ridenauer said, and they're going to think, I can do this. So, so as much as we want to have the urge to say, oh, you know, we want to win every game. We want to, you know, we have this record. We have to fight against that um, because we have to say it's not about that. It's about making the – in a world that desperately needs strong leadership, are we making these young men into leaders in our community? Right. Is it difficult to maintain your positive mindset all the time? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, obviously, it's up and down. But when we're in front of these kids, we are 100% positive with these kids. Um, is, is there times like we talked about, is there times where I doubt? Absolutely. Is there times where I struggle? Absolutely. But these kids deserve somebody who believes in them, um, in, in with social media at the touch of a finger. And when they're comparing themselves to other people constantly, comparison is the thief of joy. And when they're comparing themselves to other people constantly, they need somebody who's going to believe in them. They need somebody who's going to stand in front of them and say, listen, not only do I think you can do it, I know you can do it. I believe in who you are. I believe in what you're becoming. And so when you do feel down in those difficult – and I work with some amazing people at Catoctin High School. I do. I, I, you know, uh, Coach Frank, Mike Franklin, who's baseball state champion, one of the most positive people I know. Amy Entwistle, who, who her team went to the state finals this year in basketball, um, one of the most positive people I know. And so when I'm having a down day, I call them up. And they, they, they get me going. They get me fired up. And then I get to see these kids every day. I get to walk into these kids every day. Who, who knows what they're coming from? From you know, Every kid's got a different home life. So when you get to see those kids, you can't help but be positive. You can't help but try and uplift them. You've always wanted to be a coach. Do you enjoy the job as much as you thought you would? It isn't what you think it is, right? It's different than what you think it is. But I absolutely enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Uh, there is more stuff. There's more things. You know, when I took the head, when I got the head coaching job and in my first year, I realized how much Rick was doing behind the scenes that I had no idea he was actually doing. You look at him and he's calm, cool, and collected, and he's he's doing his thing, and you don't know the 50 other things that he dealt with that day behind and you the can't, scenes. And you can't know until you're in the position, right? On the job training, yeah. man. On the job training, that's all you can say. And when you, when, you, uh, when you get the job, you figure it out from there, and you call up people who have done it before. And they laugh, and then they give you advice because they say, yeah, man, I've been there. I call up Coach Williams. I call up my dad. I call up Rick. You know, and say, hey, how did you deal with this, man? I, this is crazy. This is a lot of stuff. This is how I did it, Coach. This is how I made it through. So it's different than what I thought it was going to be, absolutely. But do I enjoy it as much as I thought I would? Absolutely, because I get to work with these kids every day. Will you be coaching as long as Rick Connor and Doug Williams? <laughs> Who knows? Who That's a long time, man. That is a <laughs> long time. 29 years, and Rick's been doing it. I don't even, you know how, I don't know how long Rick's been doing it for at this point. Um, I don't know. We, you know, we, we take it, we take it one day at a time in our family. You know, we take, you know, we enjoy every moment that we have. 
you never know what tomorrow holds. You never know. So, so if you have the opportunity to make an impact today, make it. Because who, who knows where you're going to be next year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Short answer, sure, absolutely. Real answer, who knows. If, I, if I'm feeling down and having a tough day, can I call you for a pep talk? <laughs> Ask, call me anytime. Any, anytime, and we are uh, you, you'll, 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 you'll walk me and talk me through it? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Great message, Coach Rich. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, th- th- thanks, for, th- thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Um, pleasure to have you on, and look forward to seeing your team play this season. Absolutely. So. Go Cougars. All right, that is Mike Rich, uh, Catoctin High School football coach, uh, getting ready to, to face Boonesboro uh, in, in the season opener on the road, first of three on the road to start the season for Catoctin. Uh, my thanks to Alexander Dacey and to Graham Cullen for producing and all of you for listening. Uh, we'll see you back here. start of the season is upon us next week, and we'll be talking football more next week on the final score. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.